0: Why don't we lift our hands if you feel comfortable. Father, I thank you that in that song it says, You are, you are, you are my freedom. Lord, as we open up the Word of God, may it bring freedom into our lives this morning. May it speak to us with authority, Lord. May your Holy Spirit reveal to every single person here today something fresh for them. Lord, I pray that not one person misses out this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you love every single person here in this room. Your word says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You love us no matter what. And so the Lord this morning, you are our freedom. We declare this in Jesus name. and everybody says, "Amen, amen. amen. give someone, give five people a high five before you grab yourself a seat. All good, I reckon we 've got the prettiest church it 's not nothing to do with the building. You guys all look beautiful this morning. Tell someone you you look beautiful this morning oh, some someone just got a euro right <laughs> You look beautiful this morning who <laughs> Who struggles to look beautiful in the mornings? (laughs) I'm glad I have the hairstyle I have, because when I wake up, I'm beautiful straight away. Uh, I'm glad my wife has the hairstyle she has. When she wakes up, she's beautiful straight away. Just straight away, straight away. Let's, let's, Let's not dig no holes this morning. That's all good, good, good. Great to be in church this morning. We're, we're starting a new series called The Call. The Call. What on earth am I here for? One of, those, one of those questions. You're like, oh, if I knew this, life would be so much easier. Uh, so it's one of those big questions. And so over the next five weeks... We're gonna uh, unpack uh, this series of the call, and in fact, in our e-group studies, we're asking the entire church, all the e-group leaders, to do this uh, this e-group study. All the information is available, and all you need to do is make sure you, as an e-group leader, you've communicated and you've got all the stuff, and we're ready to go. And I like the fact that you can, even if you're not in an e-group, but you think, ah, oh, I'd like to. To gather some friends together, I'd like to host a group. Uh, I might, you can do that as well. And so we've got all the resources for you. And you don't have to be a, a scholar or a theologian to host an e-group. Actually, all you need to do is have a heart for people. You need to open your home. You need to serve a snack and you need to turn on a DVD or turn on your computer, go online and cl- click the link. Whatever whatever's easiest for you. You can gather people together. And if you'd like to do that resource, as, as Pastor Desiree said, go to the resource area. We've got all the stuff there to help you out. And, and we're really believing for our e-groups to grow. Uh, we're needing more and more e-groups, great e-group leaders. And uh, I believe there's phenomenal e-group leaders, but there's also you. If you haven't led an e-group before, I really believe that God has graced and anointed you to lead an e-group. So over this next five weeks, we're going to be talking about The Call as a series. In our e-groups, we're going to unpack what we've talked about on a Sunday. And uh, hopefully, uh, not hopefully, I'm praying by the end of it, you you will have purpose and direction in your life. Who, who, who knows that? Without a vision, people cast off restraint. When we don't have a purpose in our life, we sort of wander through and we go to this thing and then that thing and that. But when God gives us a purpose and a call, it keeps us focused. It keeps us on the way for what God has called us, in, called us into. And so my job this morning is to stick to time. Praise the Lord. I have 30 minutes and 32, 31, 30 seconds. And uh, it's going to be fun. But um, I, I'm excited I, I, that we're doing three services a day. And praise God for last week. Pr- praise God for this week. Praise the Lord for the next week. It's going to be great. I like, the, like, like that we're making room. Because as a church, we are called, what? It says in Ephesians that, uh, that the Lord has, cre- has cre- brought the church together because He's going to use the church to reach mankind. That's the call of the church. We are the church, and we have a call to reach mankind. In Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. it says to go into all the world, to preach the gospel, to disciple men and women, and, and, and baptize them and everything. Not one person can miss out on what Jesus has for them. And it's, He uses us to declare that across the world, I'm, um, um, you know, people say that the church, the, the Christian church, is in decline around the world. I, 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 I say it's not. I say it is increasing, and in fact, there's actually studies saying that the Christian church is still the fastest growing uh, religion, or as a religion, uh, you know, if we believe in Jesus, it's still the fastest growing uh, faith. Great word, whoever shouted that out. Awesome. Okay, so I want to start this morning. What is our call? What is our call? Maybe another question is, uh, what are we called to? Or what is my purpose in life? These are big questions. And I I want to use a couple of illustrations to try and just help unpack what is a call? What is a call? Uh, I, I love playing rugby. Uh, and I'm, in, I'm even toying with playing rugby again. But i um, you know, the Holy Spirit will bring sense into my. Sp- and I won't play rugby because, anyway. But I love rugby. I think it's a great game. And and uh, well done to the Highlanders beating the Hurricanes. I mean, uh, we don't. I mean, it's just sport. But hey, uh, I can rub it into all my brothers-in-laws and father-in-law. <laughs> In Wellington, it's just great to have bragging rights again. So anyway, but one of the things in rugby is that I played a position which was the hooker, which is in the middle of the scrum. And uh, so that's when they pack down and they push against each other for those who that are not rugby educated. Um, And and so you've got a job there. You hook the ball when the ball comes into the scrum. But one of the things I loved doing was when it came to line outs out are when, if the ball goes out of the area of play, that they stand on the sideline and you throw the ball back in. They line up, and so most people might, should be able to know what I'm talking about this morning. But what would happen was is, is is either the halfback or someone who was designated would would do a call. We'd have, you know, we were rugby players, so we'd try and think up these amazingly sneaky, complicated calls. And in fact, it was just the second number that we called out as where the position it was going to go to. But, uh, you know, um, and so the person would call something. In fact, uh, uh, there's positions in the line out. is the number two jumper, the number four jumper, and the number six jumper normally. And uh, so the the second number that was called out was where the ball was to be thrown to. And so someone would call out a sequence of number. And so just for this illustration, I'd go one, two, three, four. And it was the second number that... That was always the identification of where the ball is supposed to go into the line-out. Does everyone understand? All right, I'm coaching my boys uh, rugby this year, and so I'm, I'm just practicing on you guys. All right. And so what would happen is there would be a call. Someone would make a call, and and so we'd know where to throw the ball in, and I would throw the ball in perfectly every time, and if the, it would always be the lock's fault if they missed it. But um, uh, but the purpose of the call was to bring information the purpose of the call was to bring information into into the setting so I knew what to do and and so I needed to understand that when it comes to the call on our lives it's its purpose is to bring information into our lives so that we know what to do Does it make sense this morning it's you know um what happens when we call someone on the phone? Hey, how's it going? Now, I don't have any friends like this because that's all right. But no one rings me up just to have a chat. I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> what is the information that you want to know? Actually, I've got a couple of friends that we just talk about rubbish all the time. But um, but when when you ring someone on the, someone on the phone... Was, there's always generally a purpose. Maybe it is just to catch up and have relationship with that person. Maybe it is, though, to say, hey, um, by the way, coming over at 5 p.m. for dinner. Again, anyone want to answer that call right now? <laughs> coming into your house, 5 p.m. for dinner, just letting you know. But again, the, that call is to produce information so that we know what's happening in our lives. You know, this is going to be exciting for some people. But any duck hunters out there? There's a few. There's a few. But there's, there's, there's a, such a thing called a duck calling. And they have this little device, or some of the, the professionals just use their hands. I mean, hey, that's cool. Um, and they make this sound. I wish I had thought of it earlier and asked someone to bring it along. Probably got someone to even demonstrate. Maybe we could have that for the eleven o'clock service. But the the, the call for 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 when it's duck hunting season is to attract and, and to to bring people into that space. And and so to help us identify. And, and help understand what a call is. It's a call is to bring our purpose, and it has direction, and it has relationship in it, and it will be attractive to you. It's a bit of a large statement. Let me just say that. A call will have purpose, it will have direction, it will have relationship, and it will be attractive to you. I know if you're not in the call of God, it's because everything just grates. Everything's just hard work. Everything, I don't want to do this anymore. There's no grace on it. There's no favor on it. So that's not attractive to you. I tell you, if you're in that position now, you're probably not in the call of God for you, of your life. If everything, I mean, sometimes we've got to push in. Sometimes we've got to work hard. But you would know favor and grace over your life. And it will be attractive to your spirit, even, you know, in you. See, even, even with Jesus, He knew the call on His life. Even in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying to God, he was saying, you know, take this cup away from me, but not my will, your will be done. See, the attractive uh, uh, oh, I don't know how to say that word, attractivity. Well, let's make one up, whatever. Um, the attractiveness of the call on Jesus' life, even though he had to go through difficulty and hard times, was, was way more attractive to him than the, than the hard times, Right? All right, cool. All right, so let's keep going this morning. First, we got to find out who we are. Who we are. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 9 to 10, it should come up. There we go, fantastic. It says this It says, Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Just pause at that for a second. Salvation is not a reward. For the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For this, is, this, here we go, verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He has planned for us long ago. There's a call in there. We can do the things God has planned for us to do long ago. But the very first thing we have to understand is who are we? Who are we? And I want to tell you this morning, the number one, uh, point number one is you are a masterpiece. That's why I said to you this morning, you are a beautiful bunch of people. You're the prettiest people in the world. In fact, you should be able to go into any church, any place and just say, you know what? You are beautiful. You are amazing this morning. You want to know why? Because you are a masterpiece of God. You are a masterpiece of the Creator. You know, we get blown away when we, when we look at the stars. You know, I, I sort of think it like, I like the way that God thinks. He's like, when He talks about, in, in Genesis and creation, He says, oh, and it just says this, and He also put the stars in the sky and we move on. Like a couple of words. But God's just sitting there, yeah, well, we'll just leave that because in time, technology will catch up. And I'm just going to, release some amazing secrets. And when we get telescopes, they reach for millions and millions of miles into the atmosphere, into the solar system, and we see these amazing, beautiful stars. We're like, wow, that is amazing. That's just phenomenal. That's just beautiful. And, and we think, man, that's, that's awesome. Well, if He made that, He also made you. And in the Bible, it says that you are a masterpiece. This morning, you are, it says you have been created in His image. When it comes to knowing the call in your life, the purpose you need to know first is that you are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece this morning. You're like, okay, got it, hurry up, move on. No, I'm not moving on. Because what happens is... When sin entered the world, the very first thing the devil did was attack the masterpiece. Because it says in Genesis, and it's not going to come up on the, on the screen, but it says in Genesis 3 verse 7, it says this. Immediately they felt shame and they felt naked. Immediately they felt shame and they felt naked. You know, the first things that the devil has brought into the world through sin is shame and nakedness. You you know, originally God was walking in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve and and they were living life. They're created as a masterpiece. But then sin enters the world and suddenly they're naked. I think, you know, we... If we truly go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things He planned for us to do long ago. If we truly understand salvation, we should walk around naked. No, just joking. All right, just joking. You're like, what? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Okay, not at all. Just not at all. But if we truly understand that we are a masterpiece in God, we should be able to have so much security in ourselves that we can stand with God in anything. We we can know who we are as as new in Christ Jesus. So just to reiterate, we do not need to walk around naked. But we should know that in our security in God, we don't need to cover things up. We can stand before Him vulnerable. We can stand before Him in that original masterpiece of relationship with Him. And I want to say this morning, we've got a battle against shame. We've got a battle against nakedness this morning. We've got to come back to the original beginning of God saying, You know what? I am a masterpiece in God. You know the the devil throws magazines at you uh, to say, you know, this is girls. This is what you're supposed to look like. This is the latest fashion. This is the latest makeup. This is the latest all this and that. And 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 you know, if you if you look like this, then you've got it all together. You know, guys, if you're if you're fit or whatever. And I I mean, I don't know. Actually, I've never read one of those guy magazines, and I don't know what they say about guys. I just am who I am. But you know. But I do know that just the same as girls and guys, we all struggle with insecurity. And we all have to challenge and we all have to champion and we all have to tell ourselves the Word of God in our life to go, you know what, I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new. In Christ Jesus, we're we're a masterpiece. Tell yourself you're a masterpiece right now. You're a masterpiece. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now, you're a masterpiece. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you never fully will enter into the call of God that is on your life. You can live your life on earth and you will achieve so much. But you'll never achieve what God designed you to achieve. I want to say this morning, as, as a Christian, you should know you're a masterpiece. You should know you're a masterpiece. You know, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock of all the wild animals on the earth and small animals that scurry along the ground. The problem is, is, is our problem is we can't say we are a masterpiece because we believe one of two things. We either don't believe the word of God or we believe the lies of the devil. It's just that's deep right there. If you're not getting breakthrough in insecurity, you're not believing the word of God, or you're believing the lies of the devil. I'll say that one more time because I'm prepared to push on this, because until we know who we are. In Jesus, then we'll never fully enter uh, into the call of God that God has on our life. I can be honest right now with you this morning. I have struggled with insecurity all my life. I've I've got a whole lot better, but the devil tries to sneak stuff in there. But I know who I am in God. You know, I sit here and, 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 and preachers come in and prophesy, oh yeah, and by the way, Will, you're gonna be standing before significant leaders in the town and you're just gonna be telling them how to do things and you're gonna have words of knowledge and all this sort of stuff. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Shh. You don't know what you're doing. No, no, I'm a masterpiece in God. But can you say that as well? Because I'm not prepared to 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 to, 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 to Interpret that, someone. (laughs) I'm not prepared to believe the lies of the devil. I'm prepared to just, you know what? I'm going to stand on the Word of God. I'm a masterpiece of God. Some of us need to get our lipstick out and write it on the mirror in the morning. Some of us need to, I don't know, send yourself a text every day. You're a masterpiece in God. You have been created anew in Christ Jesus. You've been called by Him. Jesus' name. You know, the great thing about any masterpiece is that it tells people about the artist, not the artwork. It tells people about the artist. The great thing about fruit from a tree is it tells people about what type of tree it is, not what type of fruit it is. We've got to understand that we can happily be accepted as a masterpiece in Christ because of who the artist is. I was made by the same person who made the stars. Beat that. You were made by the same person who created every animal, every tiny little buzzy bee, every little insect that you're scared of. Spiders. But you've been created by the master craftsman you're a masterpiece in god today you know i was i've got a mother and a father just like all of you in fact on my father's line i can trace my heritage back to my great great grandfather he he was he was i can say staunch jewish Staunch Jewish, but he mucked around with the Gentile maidservant. If you know anything about church history, uh, this will, you'll will understand. But if you don't, just follow along. He mucked around with the Gentile maidservant. And in a staunch Jewish family, that's a big no-no. And then, so he got caught. And he just, they just said, get out. So he got out. He came over to New Zealand on a boat. And uh, after the First World War, he served in the army, in, in the New Zealand army, went back to the UK, went and knocked on the door and said, <laughs> just to say hi, they opened the door. They said, oh, it's you. <laughs> Shut the door. And so he came out to New Zealand and, and, uh, and started his family and all that. And so this is how, my, my, from my dad's side, I got here. My mother's side is, is she was adopted out when she was a baby. And she has a possibility of two fathers. We don't know exactly who her father might be because her mum was uh, obviously sleeping around with two guys. And so I'm either uh, a direct descendant of Sir Ernest Rutherford, the guy who split the atom, one of New Zealand's leading scientists, or I am Chinese. (laughs) I'm leaning towards the Chinese part. I actually am because if I was a direct descendant of Sir Ernest Rutherford, i I reckon I would have invented something awesome by now, but but and I and I'm a terrible driver. No, 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 no. <laughs> just just having fun with my, my friend Ginny. See? <laughs> me me well she's not Chinese, but she's Korean, but you know. We have a similar we have a similar um was it it was humor? you know we get on well with it, and we love Chinese food and so i'm I'm believing that i'm going i'm I'm, I'm pretty much Chinese, obviously a little bit, but you know it's all good. <laughs> Some people here this morning laughing <laughs> but here's the thing is, my earthly parents may have made me, but the Lord created me. I want to say this morning, you're no accident. I don't care if you're half Chinese or half Norwegian Jewish, I, I whatever it is. However you were made to get here, God created you before all time. And in fact, in Psalm 139, it says this, verses 13 to 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I reckon this morning we need to say, I'm a masterpiece. Thank you, Lord, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day has passed. You are a masterpiece this morning. God created you this morning. You've got to understand that before we can ever enter into the call of God that is placed on your life. You have to know this morning that you are a masterpiece in Christ Jesus created to do the good things that he has called us to do. In Jesus' name. Number two. All right. Number two. We're called to relationship. In Mark chapter 3, verses 14, it says this when he was calling the disciples, he says this. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. Let's just leave that out for a second. It says, He appointed twelve that they might be with him. With him. Jesus is calling us to relationship. We got to know who we are as a masterpiece in God. But the very next thing, the call of God in our life, first and foremost, is that Jesus is calling us to relationship with Him. He just chose twelve guys, plus all the other amazing ladies that were there at the time, and there was a, there was an entourage. And but they got to be with Jesus. God's call for you and for me in our lives is that we have relationship with Jesus. Jesus has called us to be with Him in the manner that He first originally created us to be with Him. I'm not saying we need to be naked, but He originally called us. We've got to go back. If we understand truly the relationship in the Garden of Eden, We will understand what God has done in our life. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I said, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Let's just leave that up for a second. Another small word that I I believe opens up what God is talking about. It says, Then God said, Let us. Make humans, let us. Us means there's a relationship. The Lord, the Father is talking with Jesus. He's talking also with the Holy Spirit. There's relationship at the beginning of time. And He says, let us make human beings in our image. So if he's he's saying, let us make humans, let us make them, it says, let them, let them make, let us make them in our image. Our image is relationship. Our image is not just coexisting, there's relationship together in the Trinity of God that says, come on, let's let's let us make mankind in our image. Jesus is saying here, oh sorry, the Lord is saying in Genesis, there's relationship when it comes to who He's called us to be. He desires so much to have relationship with you. He desires so much. See, even a little bit further down in Genesis 1, 27, 28, it says, So God created human beings in in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And then it says this, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals. Someone is ringing me on my iPhone. I will decline that. I should have answered today. Where are you? No. Why are you not in church? Jesus has called you to have a relationship with (laughs) him. That's awesome. I need to learn how to turn that off, by the way. I said, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Again, then God blessed them and said, when, when you bless someone, there's relationship. know, I pray with my kids every night, Lord, bless them. Lord, keep them. Lord, may, may your face shine upon them. Lord, may they have full health in the morning. There's relationship. There's a desire to, to love them and lead them. You know, it goes on in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, And it's not going to come up on the board, but it says, Then the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, He placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And see, again, God builds relationship. He's, He's talking with them. He's communicating with them. Oh, by the way, I made this amazing place for you to live. It's awesome. There's four rivers flowing through it. You can go wakeboarding whenever you want. You you know, you can do, it's it's just so much fun. But hey, got to let you know about a couple of things. Two trees in the middle, you need to stay away from them. You need to not go near them. That's relationship. You know, I have a relationship with my kids. You know that big, funny, black thing in the middle of the house that sometimes looks orange and glows? It's real hot. Don't go near it. Don't go, just don't go near it. And because I've got, I, I'm communicating, I've got relationship with them. And, I, and it keeps on going down in Genesis 2, 15, 18. It says, The Lord God placed them in the Garden of Eden to tend watch over it. But the Lord God warned them. this is the part we're talking about, freely eat of the fruit of every other tree except the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And if, eat, if you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Relationship. Jesus leads us in relationship. He's like, don't do this. Even now, in this day and age that we live in, he speaks to us through the Word of God. He speaks to us in relationship. Hey, don't, don't do that. It's, it's going to hurt you. It's not for you. He wants to love you and he wants to lead you. Oh, I, I, like, I like the fact that I get told what not to do sometimes. I always use traffic lights as an example. I like the fact there's red lights because they tell you it's not Safe to drive through that intersection. Awesome. So number two is we're called to relationship in Jesus. (laughs) It goes on, it says, It's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And then he goes on and he makes all these animals. It talks about all the, you know, uh, dogs, camels, elephants, whatever. Gets to the end of that and he's like, nah, none of these are good enough. None of these are good enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make him sleep and I'm going to take some of his side and I'm going to create woman. And, and I'm going to make her in our image as well. And, and so he makes them and, and they come out and they have relationships. God wants to have relationship with you. So you're a masterpiece in God. God has called you to have a relationship. Next, number three is we're called to the artist. We're called to the artist. In John 14 verse 6, it says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You know, going back to the rugby line out and, and and its purpose was communication. The call. Hey eight, two, four, seven. That's the call. I'm communicating with you. It's gotta to go to the first jumper, number two position. That's, but we've got to understand that God wants relationship with us, but He also wants us to be committed to Him and committed to the call that God, committed to the information, committed to the design that He's placed on your life. You know, it says, you know, how, how are we committed to the artist? Well, we're committed to the artist by what? Reading our Bibles. Reading our Bibles is the best way to communicate with God. Because He speaks to us. The the Bible says that the Bible is a living, breathing Word of God. There's times when I'll read through the Bible, I'll read a passage, and I'm like, okay, cool. But then there'll be another time where I read the same passage, and the Holy Spirit just brings something alive to me. Now it's a whole other sermon on what it is, the rhema words of God and all that sort of stuff. But when we read the Bible, it talks to us. You know, it might be going through some situation and, you get out the Psalms and you read something like something that David wrote and you're like, man, that's so for me right now. Thank you, Lord, for talking to me about my situation right now. That's why I encourage you. Every single person should have their Bible and a notepad. Every single person. A journal that you just write down stuff with. You know, I've got a journal. It takes me a long time to fill a journal up, but I just still write down stuff. I still write down stuff. Why? Because I want to be able to go back and I want to have a relationship with the artist. I want to know how he's formed me. I want to know that time back in you know 2004 at Maximize Leadership Conference in, in Hillsong Church in London. was There was a guy who was speaking and his name was... Um, Matthew Barnett, and he's speaking on something. I have no idea what he spoke on, but there was a time where it was an older call, and it was just for someone, for people that needed to just forgive and to give off something. And, and from that time, I remember that I no longer hold unforgiveness against someone in my family. I can go back and I read my, read my journal and I read my Bible about how the artist has shaped me, how the artist is molding me, how the artist wants to mold you, wants to shape you. And so I think, if you man, if you just want to carry that around in your head, go for it. But I reckon the Bible and a notepad and a journal is going to help you. I just believe that every single person should have it. So we're called by the Word of God. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was God and the Word was with God. So again, we're called to the artist. Can we get the music team up? that will be great. That's that point shortened. We're called point number four, final point. We're called by love. We're called by love. Going back to Ephesians chapter two, verses nine and ten, it says, Salvation says salvation. Is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus. He hasn't created us new in anything else, in our good works, in our bank accounts, in our awesome businesses. The only thing new only comes from Jesus only comes from salvation in Jesus. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Salvation is not a reward. It's the ultimate expression of love. Salvation is not a reward, it's the ultimate expression of love. Because for me salvation has got nothing to do with, with me and my abilities. It has everything to do with the purpose of the artist. You now I watched this program called White Collar. I don't know if any of you have watched it. It's about a guy who's an internationally renowned art thief. And he's all about coming up with great schemes on how to steal art the thing is, when it comes to art, He's also a great forger. But you know, when it comes to art, nothing is like the original. And if you own something, if you've created something, you'll do whatever it takes to get that back. You'll do whatever it takes to get it back. I want to say this morning, did you know that the Creator has done whatever it would take to get it? His art piece back. He's done whatever it would take. This morning, he did it over two thousand years ago, and in fact, in a couple of weeks, we celebrate it in the Christian calendar as Easter. He's like, "What? What elaborate plan can I come up with? <laughs> what elaborate to <laughs> put a dirty old green screen on the I was like, should I ignore it? Nah, no, I've got to make fun of it. Green is the worst color in the world, isn't it? I just... I just... just get out there. Get out there. You know, birthdays, Christmas, don't get me a green card. <laughs> it's just... I just don't like green, all right? Don't hold it against me. I've offended all people who are Asian now, and I've offended all people who love green. All right. <laughs> But I want to say this morning, God wants His masterpiece back. Maybe you don't know Jesus, but the most quoted Scripture out of the Bible is John 3.16. It says this, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life with Him. With Him. He wants relationship with you. He wants to know you are a masterpiece. He wants to walk with you like He walked with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He wants to have that openness. But since sin has entered the world, shame and insecurity has entered it. And i say this morning, the Bible says that if we believe in our heart, and confess it with our mouth that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and He took the penalty of our sin, then He will save us from our sin and we'll start having relationship again with Him. We'll know that we're a masterpiece. we know that we have purpose. We'll know the artist. And we're called by love. Why don't we all jump to our feet? this morning I want to say it again. Salvation is not a reward. It's the ultimate expression of love. It's the ultimate expression of love. It was only by faith that we believed. And then God gave grace as a gift. And this equaled salvation and us being back to a original masterpiece. That's what that scripture in Ephesians 2 is talking about. Salvation is not a reward. It's by faith that we believe. We can't boast about it. But as a gift. I want to say that today for us to be able to do the things that God has called us to do we need to take what the Lord is saying in the Scripture, saying you're an original masterpiece. And we can take God's grace that He's given us. And we can step out in faith and do the things that God's called us to do. But it first takes relationship with the artist. It first takes knowing Him this morning. Just as we're standing, I'd ask you to just maybe close your eyes, bow your heads and I'd love to lead you in a prayer. I'm not going to come. And, I'm not going to ask you to come down the front.